today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. Give us ears to hear your truth and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw. If you think that you're not susceptible to his trickeries, if you think that you're not susceptible to the lies that Satan can pull into your life, then beloved, he's already won the first battle and you've set yourself up for more failure. Here in chapter four of of 1 Timothy, Paul warns Timothy about this ever-present, this ever-real danger, which it, it had been prophesied in the Old Testament Jesus had spoken about it. Now Paul is warning Timothy about it. He tells him about the dangers that are already at work in the church, even in that first century. And beloved, they're still present with us today. We as a body of believers have several dangers that each of us faces on a day-to-day basis. While some are greater than others, perhaps one of the most dangerous of them all is thinking that we're not susceptible to the attacks of the enemy. In today's message, Pastor David teaches us about the dangers of underestimating our enemy who seeks to destroy. In our study, we're reminded that while the war has been won, our enemy takes advantage of each and every day that the battle continues. Now here's Pastor David with part one of today's message, Nourished in Truth. We're in 1 Timothy chapter 4 this morning as we're going through the, the, the book of 1 Timothy. I invite you to turn there. As you're turning there, you understand, hopefully you know, if you've been a Christian for very long, that the enemy of God, the, the very enemy of our souls, the, the enemy of truth, he has one clear and one distinct purpose, plan, and strategy in mind. Now, the fact is, is he cannot destroy God, but he can distract his followers. He can distract the followers of God. Satan knows that he cannot destroy the truth, but he also knows that he could supplant the truth with enough lies that people won't come to understand or really know the truth. He also knows that as we have come to Christ, if you know Christ as your Savior, that he cannot destroy your soul. But the fact is, he can lead even a believer to a point in their lives where they become totally ineffective within the kingdom of God. And we need to be aware of those things because he's able to do those things when he brings about false doctrine, when he brings about division or discord within the body of Christ. And he can do that by leading believers into life choices that dishonor Christ and compromises their own testimony of Christ's saving grace within their life. He has these same tricks. It's the same tricks that he's used since the garden. 
He hasn't learned any new tricks. They're all the old tricks, and he keeps using them. The problem is, as we continue to fall uh, ourselves victim to these same old tricks. If you think that you're not susceptible to his trickeries, if you think that you're not susceptible to the lies that Satan can pull into your life, then, beloved, he's already won the first battle, and you've set yourself up for more failure. Here in chapter 4 of of 1 Timothy, Paul warns Timothy about this ever-present, this ever-real danger, which it, it had been prophesied in the Old Testament. Jesus had spoken about it. Now Paul is warning Timothy about it. He tells him about the dangers that are already at work in the church, even in that first century. And beloved, they're still present with us today. And if we're not aware, if we're not alert, if we're not watching out for these things, we can fall subject to them and it can bring great havoc and great damage within the church. It can bring great havoc and damage within our own personal lives. First Timothy chapter four, beginning in verse one. Paul writes to Timothy, he says, now the spirit expressly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving." for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. If you instruct the brethren in these things, you'll be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished in the words of faith and of the good doctrine which you have carefully followed. Thing is, the very first thing we need to realize here is Paul's warning is concerning the last days, the latter times. He says that during those last days, during those latter times, there's going to be a great apostasy. There's going to be a a falling away, those that would fall away from the faith. He also says that in those last days, in the latter times, there's going to be this continual rise of false teachers and and false prophets. And this seems to be a, a, a reoccurring theme that we see all throughout the letters of the churches, these warnings about the last days, the warnings about these false doctrines that are going to come in and these false teachers all throughout our our entire New Testament. Now, I'm not going to share with you all of them, but I do want to give you a small sampling of just a few of them to help us to understand that this isn't just a one-time, one-place thing, but again, it is within the entire church. Paul writes not only here in 1 Timothy, but he also in his second letter to Timothy, Paul warns him in 2 Timothy chapter 3, he says, but know this, that in the last days or last times, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud blasphemers. Then he goes down in verse 5, having a form of godliness, but denying its power from such people turn away. In the last days, perilous times are going to come. Then in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, Paul speaks about the coming of Christ and the revealing of the Antichrist. 
He, he tells the church there at Thessalonica, let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away, that great apostasy, comes first. And in this, he speaks about a time where the, 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 even the faithful are going to fall away from the truth. And they'll begin believing the lie. And many within the church, again, are already are falling away. They're following after these false teachers and false doctrines, even in Paul's day, and we see it yet today. The apostle Peter writes similarly. In speaking of the last days in 2 Peter chapter 2, Peter writes, but there were also false prophets among the people even as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who brought them. They'll bring on themselves swift destruction and many will follow their destructive ways because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. Beloved, he's not talking about non-believers. He's talking about those that are in the church, that they're gonna start listening and, and being drawn by these things. And again, the warning is so clear. The apostle John, when he's writing to the churches, his first John, second John, third John, in, in first John chapter two, he says, little children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that antichrist is coming, even now many antichrists have come by which we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. Even in John's writings, the warning. Jude, the little letter of Jude, one chapter down in verse 17. Again, a warning about the last days. Jude, verse 17, Jude writes, but you, beloved, remember the words which were spoken before by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ how they told you that there would be mockers in the last time who would walk according to their own ungodly lusts. These are sensual persons who cause divisions not having the spirit. It's not just the apostles, but Jesus himself warned in his earthly ministry. We warned those that were following him even then in several places, but we look at Mark chapter 13, verses 22 and 23. He said, Jesus speaking to his followers, he said, for false Christs and false prophets will rise. They'll show signs, they'll show wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. But take heed, see, I have told you all things beforehand. So why are we hammering on this whole thing of last days and, and false teachers? Why are we doing this so hard? Because first of all, beloved, it is biblical. You need to understand. It is a warning that we see all throughout the word of God. And then secondly, I would respond to the fact that if the apostles, if the disciples knew that they were already in the last days, how much more are we in the last of the last days? Now, you may foo-foo that. You may say, oh, man, they've been saying that forever. But, beloved, I believe that God's clock continues to tick around. And how long that clock continues, we don't know. But it was a very serious to the disciples, even 2,000 years ago, that they had now entered into the last days. And as the last days continue, here's news for you. It's not going to get any better. Uh, I, I, I hear a portion of Christianity saying that, you know, what we need to do is the church 
is, you know, we need to rise up, make everything better. And once everything gets better, then Jesus is going to come. No, that's, that's not within the word of God. As a matter of fact, the word of God speaks about the fact that it will get worse and worse before that final day. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't do what we need to be doing. That doesn't mean that we should not be occupying until he comes. No, it's even more of a call for us to take serious our walk in Christ and continue on. In these last days, We need to understand there's going to be a never-ending and this growing rise of false teachings and false prophets. Oh, they sound so good. But their doctrines lead men away from the fullness of the truth of God's word. And as Paul tells Timothy in today's passage, the people begin following after these false teachers, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons speaking lies of hypocrisy and having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. In fact, they've, they've walked away from the things of God so long that, the, again, the, their conscience of being drawn back to the truth is like, like a hot iron has seared that conscience to where they're not hearing the Holy Spirit. They're not hearing the truth anymore. They continue on in the lie. Paul writes this instruction. He warns young Timothy. He fully understands the power and the impact of the enemy's continual barrage against the truth. As a matter of fact, you've probably heard it said. If you say the wrong thing long enough and loud enough, pretty soon it becomes the new truth because that's just what you hear all the time. And beloved, we see that in our culture today. The wrong thing being proclaimed loud and continuous, hammering and hammering and hammering until suddenly that becomes the new truth. And that's exactly what Satan, the father of lies and the deceiver of our souls, tries to do in this endless attack against the purity of God's word and the power and the testimony of the church. False and malicious lies, untruths, mixed with partial truths, a never-ending barrage of these heretical teachings that come week after week after week, all of it coming against and standing against the validity of the word of God and the message and the hope of the gospel. Beloved, when you consider, and you need to be considering, the dangers of the present and of some of the teachings that are coming, yes, even out of what is declared to be the church, It would only be a rational understanding when you consider these things that you and I would be constantly on guard and driven back into the word of God, studying the word of God, just like the Bereans in Paul's day where Paul would go and share with them the truth of the gospel and then Luke tells us in the book of Acts that the Bereans, they received the word with all readiness. And then they searched the scriptures daily to find out whether those things were true or not. You and I, you would think with all the dangers that are there, that we would be that way. And yet today, people come into a church or they listen to a teaching on the television or the radio and they allow whatever word is taught to be accepted as truth without ever checking the scriptures themselves to find out whether these things were so. One man has written, it's of vital importance that we, 
as believers, that we judge teachings and practices by the word of God in order to determine if the things taught are indeed biblical or if they're something else. This is what it means to discern between orthodoxy and heresy. Orthodoxy is what the church has accepted as true and biblical down through the ages. This is the orthodox understanding of what the scriptures declare. Heresy are those things that come directly against that word. He goes on, he says, after all, while most apparent and or heretical teachings are derived from the Bible, they are not supported by scripture. You see, most wrong teaching has an element of truth to it. And in that element of truth, people are sucked into it, but mixed in with that element of truth are the lies, are the deceptions that the enemy places in. He goes on to say, sadly, many Christians are biblically illiterate. They rely more on the insights of their favorite teachers than they do on their own personal study of God's word. That's why it is so important that you and I as believers be students of this word on our own so that when a heretical or a false teaching comes in, that man, a light comes on. We may not know for sure what's going on, but man, that just sounds wrong. Let me look and let me study the scripture to see if these things are so or not. Because we are not discerning in what we hear, many within the body of Christ are easily led into false doctrine. And false doctrine is that that doesn't live up to the word of God. There's many that are led into heretical doctrines. And heretical doctrines are those things that go directly against what the word of God says. And then as, as, as Paul tells Timothy, these doctrines of demons Those are the doctrines that seek to totally destroy the truth of God's word. Why, Jesus didn't really say that. You know, with further study, we understand that uh, that that really wasn't Jesus that said that, but that was added, oh, around 200 or so AD. They, They tried to turn, they tried to pervert, they tried to pull away from what the truth of God's word is. And beloved, that is happening more and more today in every realm and in way too many places where people think that they're being nourished by the truth of God's word. No, they're being watered, the word of God is being watered down or it's being literally ripped out of the Bible. Suddenly the things which God never said, the things which God never commanded, they become the very things that declare or prove my holiness or my righteousness. That's what Paul is telling Timothy here in chapter four when he mentions only a couple. He says they're coming on and they're forbidding people to marry. You know, if you really wanna follow Christ, you need to stay single. Or if you really, really wanna follow Christ, you need to get, get rid of that, uh, that husband that's dragging you down or that wife that's dragging you down so, so that you can truly follow Christ because that's when you're going to be free. And that, that's what the teaching, that's what they were trying to pull or to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving. God has given all things, again, to be received with thanksgiving to come up and say, well, no, you can't eat that because you're a Christian. I beg to pardon, that's not true. That's not what the word, as a matter of fact, the word of God gives us great freedom. Barbecued pork ribs, they're good. (laughs) I tell my vegetarian and vegan friends that 
You know, if God didn't want us to eat animals, he wouldn't have made them so tasty. But there's, there's nothing that's illegal for us, and yet, yet there are some that are coming to If you truly are, are a believer, no, this is what you have to do. And that was happening in the first century. And beloved, that and, and a multitude of other things are yet happening. Within the church today, there is a host of false doctrines being taught. And all the while, true doctrines are being pushed to the side and denied. We see them taught in mainline denominations. We see them paraded around even in mega churches. We see the lies declared, yeah, even in small home groups or small fellowships. It doesn't matter the size. It doesn't matter the denomination. Beloved, it's coming from every area. Even in some seminaries and and Christian colleges, they're training the next generation of leaders within the church, and they're allowing these false teachings to come in and to be taught as truth. And basically what we see is deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies in hypocrisy, taking inroads nearly everywhere that they can. They bring into doubt uh, a reference to, to true biblical doctrines, and then they add these new revealed truths. Oh, God has given me a new revelation, a new revelation, and I'm going to share it with the body today. This is a great thing. And suddenly they come up with this thing that's just out of the blue that has nothing to do with the Word of God, and in many cases goes against the Word of God, anti-biblical and false doctrines and even casting doubt, the same trick of the enemy from the garden. Oh, is it really important that Jesus was virgin born? I mean, is that really all that important? After all, Jesus came, he lived a good life, and he spoke of Christ. Why would it be important for him to be virgin born? And so they attack, again, the tenets of our faith. Does Jesus, did he really have a bodily resurrection Or was it just his spirit that rose from the dead? Is it really all that important to believe in a trinity? That's really what you're trying to say, that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, those three are one. I mean, really, how important is that? We know that there's a Holy Spirit. We know that there's, you know, Jesus. We know that there's God the Father. But do we really need to believe in a trinity? And so, again, they're undermining the truth of God's word and the orthodox understanding of Christianity from the very first century. The question, can grace alone really save Is it just the grace of God or isn't there also something that I need to do and that I need to maintain in my life in order to maintain my salvation? Don't I have a great responsibility in that or is it just the grace alone by God through Christ alone? All of these things, men like Rob Bell, a former pastor of Mars Hill Bible Church. You would think he's a Bible church. He's going to be preaching from the Bible. But Rob Bell has become, again, a, a leading proponent of universalism. Universalism is there is no hell. Everybody's going to make it to heaven eventually. There is no real true hell. Rob Bell is also one who's uh, among a multitude of others within what would be looked at as the quote-unquote Christian church that are condoning homosexual marriages. Beloved, that's growing within the church today. Why? Because a falsehood, a lie, is being told over and over and over, louder and louder and louder, until now it is the new truth. 
Beware of these things, church. The book of 1 Timothy opens our eyes to the value God places on leadership. The Apostle Paul shares what we should be looking for in the church we attend and in those who lead. We too can learn from these teachings and apply them in areas where we're in leadership. We hope you've learned something valuable from today's message on The Open Word. We'd like to encourage you, if you haven't already, to find a local church that you can call home. Being a part of a faith community is essential for growing in your relationship with Jesus and offers you a place to share your unique gifts. With that in mind, here's Pastor David with a special invitation. I hope that today's message has encouraged you in your faith and given you a hunger to learn more about God. If you're in the Casa Grande area and are looking for a church to attend, I'd be honored to have you join us here at Calvary Chapel of Casa Grande. You can find directions and service times by visiting theopenword.com. Then follow the links to our church homepage. We welcome you to be a part of our time of worshiping our Savior and studying the words of the Bible verse by verse, growing closer to Him each week. Thanks, Pastor David. You'll also be able to get more information by calling 520-836-9676. That's 520-836-9676. Thanks for tuning in today to The Open Word. Pastor David will return to share more from the book of 1 Timothy right here on The Open Word.